Hey, welcome to the What on Earth Can We Do podcast, the show where we chat with environmental leaders from across Alberta to figure out what on earth we can do to take action against climate change and protect our environment. I'm your host, Bree Hewitt, the communications and engagement specialist at the Alberta Emerald Foundation. And today, we're talking about the first brewery in Canada to use carbon capture in the process of brewing craft beer. Joining me today to chat about it are Kirk Sembal and Hans Dof, co-founders of Blind Man Brewing, the brewery who's taking on this incredible project. Let's get into it. Hans, Kirk, thanks so much for joining me today for the podcast. Thanks for having us on, Brie. Really excited. So we'll dive right into it. Blind Man Brewing is the first in Canada to utilize carbon capture in the brewing process of craft beer. Can you tell us about the journey toward this incredible achievement and what inspired it? Yeah, absolutely. It's been actually a fairly long time. It's been about six years now since we started this process. You know, a lot of ups and, and a lot of downs, honestly. You know, the first vendor we were using, they went out of business. We found a new one out of Texas that uh, was able to manufacture this technology for us. You know, we had a, a COVID was right through the middle of it. So supply chain, labor shortage. At one time, our manufacturer was trying to hire a whole bunch of people. Couldn't get anybody. And then, you know, we when you're the first to do something, you're, you're truly the first. And so there was, you know, about a year of regulatory compliance. We had to convince the regulators that this is a safe and good technology, acceptable for use in the room process, et cetera. So it's been about a, a six-year process, but it really starts at a, at a simple problem. We make CO2 and we use CO2. Maybe I'll get you to expand a little bit on that. You make and use CO2. So what was the initial idea that you were like, hey, we should do this carbon capture? Yeah. So like I said, it's a very simple, uh, simple idea at its heart. When yeast eats sugars to make beer, to make alcohol, to make ethanol, um, CO2 is a byproduct. And CO2 is usually just vented to the atmosphere. But we also use CO2 to carbonate beer. So we're buying CO2, we're producing CO2, inventing it. And it's just a way to just turn that loop around so that we are both reducing greenhouse gas emissions and saving money at the same time. Our problem, you know, of trying to capture CO2 is actually a lot easier than most. You know, say if you're trying to capture CO2 from like a furnace or a boiler in an industrial plant. Well, the gas that's actually like going you know, off the exhaust is mainly nitrogen, like all our air, you know, oxygen, then carbon dioxide, then, you know, argon and a bunch of other noble gases, a few other contaminants. Whereas for us, it's nearly pure CO2, you know, a couple contaminants here and there that we can, we can easily filter out. So, you know, comparatively, it's simple. Uh, unfortunately, simple is not always so simple. And so it, it's taken a long time for technology providers to kind of really look at this problem and create solutions that work for folks like us. But, you know, it's a, it's a simple process, but it, it takes, uh, it takes a bit of time, takes a bit of money and just takes a, a bit of grit to get something like this, uh, really off the ground. Absolutely. So it sounds like it was a financial decision as well as an environmental decision, or maybe it was a financial decision that had positive environmental benefits were just a bonus. Is that kind of correct? Yeah. Um, 
hands here. Uh, this decision was financial and environmental, and to be honest, a, a really good marketing opportunity uh, to be the first in Canada to get this type of technology. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's a win-win-win. Uh, the customer, us, uh, our pocketbooks, the environment, we all win. So it does help that there was a grant opportunity to get some funding for this initiative. So we got Emissions Reduction Alberta to, uh, to help offset some of this with, with a grant opportunity. And so the, the payback, uh, if we fully utilize this technology, will be faster than we think. And it's just an awesome thing that we can use the CO2 that we're making and not purchase or purchase less, significantly less petrochemical CO2 in the process and kind of offset all of our footprint. Amazing. I love a win-win-win situation, especially when it comes to environment. So we've been talking about this carbon capture technology, and that can be quite a complex topic that the average person under understands maybe what it is, but not how it works. So can you explain in simple terms how your carbon capture system works and how it's contributing to reducing greenhouse gas emissions? Yeah, definitely. You know, so I'll explain in very simple terms and then maybe a little bit more, uh, more complex, but, you know, really simple, explain it like on five terms is, you know, when yeast is making beer, it's making bubbles. Those bubbles are CO2. They usually go up into the air. We're just taking those bubbles, putting it through a machine to clean it up and store it in a tank. And then we use that tank to then carbonate beer, which means put bubbles into the beer because beer is carbonate. At a more complex level, we're just basically taking the vented gas from fermentation. We're, we're scrubbing it, we're compressing it, liquefying it, we're, we're storing it, and then we're injecting it into the beer. You know, you're absolutely right. Some carbon capture and storage technologies are a bit complicated. Sometimes they make less sense on their face, but ours is, ours is pretty simple and it's effective and it's efficient. Can you share any data or statistics on the environmental impact of this carbon capture system since its implementation? So we, we anticipate in a year being able to recover and reuse about 10 metric tons of CO2. And I know I'd be a little bit wishy-washy about that, but when you're the first, you know, you're, you're the first. So there isn't a lot of data there wasn't a lot of scientific literature on exactly how much CO2 we'd be producing during fermentation because different beers do different things, different yeasts do different things. There's a, a science to beer making, but there's also an art of beer making. And a lot of the art of beer making is really in the yeast because it's a living organism and living organisms are complex. They're also finicky. You know, they're like, they're like humans. They, uh, they can be stressed. They can die. They can, you know, they're a living organism, they mutate. So we are always, always working with yeast. Anytime we've, we have beer quality concerns, we have to say dump a batch of beer in-house. It's mostly because of the yeast or maybe even exclusively because of the yeast. So there was a lot of data on how much CO2 because beer making was optimized for making beer. Nobody cared about how much CO2 it was producing. It's just that goes away. So we're, we're collecting data. So we've recovered around 10 metric tons already. So we'll, we hope to hit uh, closer to a hundred, you know, in a full calendar year. And that's, that's CO2 that we didn't have to purchase at, you know, $1,300 per metric ton. I'm trying to quantify 10 metric tons in my head. Is there a 
conversion that maybe the average person would be able to compare that to? Yes, but I don't uh, have that off the top of my <laughs> head. It is a number of cars driven on the road per year. Okay, well, maybe I'll grab that from you and I'll put it in the show notes afterwards. Sure. Bree, one thing is as we get this more and more dialed in every time we use it, we've been getting in general right around 150 pounds of liquid CO2 per batch of beer fermented. And that, as Kirk mentioned, it does depend on the style of beer, but in general, that's been our kind of our average per 6,000 liters of beer fermented. So 150 pounds of liquid CO2. So that's compressed atmospheric CO2 that gets compressed down into liquid. And I'm just blown away by one batch of beer can give us that much liquid CO2. It's actually really, really cool. Yeah, that's incredible. 6,000 liters to 150 pounds of CO2. That's that's really cool. And when we look at the overall uh, footprint of our brewery, because we're trying try to see, there's this lot of talk about carbon neutral, you know, maybe even carbon negative. We're not ready to make any kind of claims like that. You know, everything we use internally, we're offset a lot because our electricity usage, we have 180 solar panels on our roof. They generate a lot of a lot of electricity, especially this time of year. Um, and then we purchase for times when we need to purchase electricity. We're purchasing green electricity through our electricity provider. So our electricity emissions are pretty low. And then it would just be our vehicle emissions from driving our delivery van and then natural gas burning in our furnaces in our boiler on a whole we're probably around you know 250 tons in a year so something like this offsets a very significant portion of our direct greenhouse gas emissions you touched on a few different sustainability initiatives there and carbon reduction and things you're doing to be a better steward for the earth. How have your customers responded to your sustainability efforts, particularly the carbon capture system? In our day and age, the customers all want to know what we're doing for for the environment, uh, for our reducing our footprint. And there's legs behind what we're doing. Like we're actually impacting, we're making an impact uh, with our business. So to tell that story and we're we're very proud of it and a, a lot of customers are very excited about what we're doing the cool thing is it's as as we mentioned it's a win 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 in the sense that like it should be obvious that when you are able to save money and reduce your environmental footprint there shouldn't be anything political behind it there should be it's in general a good thing it's a very good thing for no matter where you stand on all this stuff and we get very excited that some of these technologies are just improving our whole process and, and re reducing our footprint. So telling that story is very, is very positive. Absolutely. I think a lot of consumers nowadays are looking to support businesses who are taking those steps and meaningful, actionable. They're actually doing it. And I think that people are going to continue to do that more and more throughout the years and really move toward the businesses who are putting their money where their mouth is and I wonder, have you seen more sales since implementing this carbon capture process? I'm, I'm curious to know what Kirk would say. I think it's in terms of like we're doing this to get increased sales. I think that isn't the primary goal. We're doing it because it's a good thing. We're doing it because it actually helps our bottom line as well. So that ha helps our business indirectly and is very obvious. I think we have a long vision of, of our business plan. Obviously, having 
I I think one of the top breweries in Alberta, not to toot our own horns. We got a couple uh, cool accolades in that front, but also to be one of the leaders of some green initiatives in Alberta and in Canada is a long play in terms of a, of a marketing thing. So we don't see direct sales as a result of this. That's not the goal. It's it's a long play to help on a lot of fronts. Blyman Brewing, I think by CRA's terms, the Canada Revenue Agency is considered a small business. How can other small businesses in Alberta learn from your experience and take similar steps to combat climate change and increase their bottom line? Yeah, I get uh, I get asked this a lot. Let's go back to uh, her uh, mission direction, Alberta. You know, we were one of the winners of the food farming and forestry challenge, but our project was much smaller than the other projects that ERA took refunds. So, you know, we were even below their minimum. And one of the reasons we talked to them and said, you know what, we'd like to put our name forward is because, you know, our reduction is, is going to be small on a kind of gross scale. But for us as an operation, it's a high proportion of our emissions. And there's 1,500 of us in the country, actually 1,700 of us in the country. There's, you know, 10,000 of us on our continent. There's tens of thousands of us around the world. Um, and that's just uh, small breweries. You know, if we can get, if we can help to drive adoption, it's going to make a huge impact. In Alberta, I joke that we only see scale as, as this, as tall. You know, we look at huge mega projects. We're all excited about those and those are great and those have their place, don't get me wrong. But scale is also this. It's a lot of small, small, small actions. And I think when I talk to, you know, other breweries or other, other business um, owners, they think that, you know, initiatives like this are, are big. They're, they're really big. In a way, they're not. So, you know, you don't have to change what you're doing. You don't have to try to go after, you know, people think, oh, I have to kind of go after a different market. I have to, you know, I'm going to really reduce my profitability. I'm not, this business is going to be sustainable if we do something like this. But when you focus on win-wins, it just, everything works. This is the low-hanging fruit of what we have to do to combat climate change is reduce our emissions and save money. It's just the easiest thing to do. So when I talk to other business owners, I say, you know what, you know, instead of thinking here, 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 just like, look, look at your costs because, you know, look at your electricity and your gas bill and start to find ways to reduce costs because anything you can do to reduce your electricity and gas bill absolutely reduces your emissions. We were a special case because we were also using direct greenhouse gas in, the, in our production. So for us, you know, that's another bill, big bill. And we're just looking at our bills, really. I presented at the Carbon Capture Conference in Edmonton last year, and I'll be there again next week. And really, I just had one message. I said, $1,300 a ton. You know, everybody else is thinking these huge projects, all this other stuff, you know, and it, they're like, oh, it's going to cost, you know, this much to inject the CO2 into the ground. And, you know, what does is, what is carbon taxes have to be to make this project work? And, you know, what kind of grants do I need to get? And I just kind of essentially walked around and said, $1,300 a ton. If you can get me CO2 that I can use for less than that, you have a market. CO2 isn't necessarily something that uh, we can't utilize, especially in food or growing. Absolutely. It's about those small actions that compound towards something bigger. And I think that it just takes one person to show that, hey, this is possible. You can do this. It's not only good for your wallet, but it's good for the environment. And 
your market and your consumer as well. So I always like, I'm a big proponent of small actions and how they grow into something bigger. So love to see that Blind Man took that first step. So maybe, Bree, I shouldn't have started this uh, podcast by talking about how it took six years, a lot of pain in the ass, you know, all this, all these delays, regulatory issues. Yeah, I should have been like, oh, super easy. But I think as a business or as a brewery, we're, we're pretty stubborn, honestly. We just want to do better. We want to do better in everything we do. We want to get better bureau to people. And so, you know, like anything, it takes uh, some, some amount of grit to, uh, to get off the ground and to get things going. So speaking of doing better and making better beer, looking ahead, what are Blind Man Brewing's future plans for sustainability and carbon reduction and, and making better beer? So I think in terms of our sustainable initiatives, I think understanding and getting really good at our CO2 recapture system and getting better at that. We've heard of breweries in the States who have been able to offset 80% to 100% of their total petrochemical CO2 demand. And there's enough CO2 that we create to be able to do that. So I think we are in the baby steps of, of being able to totally almost be self-sustaining with our CO2 demand. So that's, that's a constant, uh, man, like we're managing and learning and growing in that, which is a big, big step. That's probably the most important thing we're doing right now. We are kicking tires on some other opportunities and that's, that's exciting. EV chargers, uh, EV vehicles are, are very popular. Uh, generally the demographic of people who have EVs are people who like drink craft beer. So we're kicking tires on, on making moves for that. So th those are some big ones right, right off the bat. We are doing better with our wastewater. So we're offsetting all of our hops and yeast trub, and it's actually going to a farm and they're spreading it on their crops for the soil health with all the microorganisms in the, in the yeast. So that's actually kind of a forward thinking kind of crop science, kind of soil science deal that one of my friends who's a farmer is he's taking our, our spent yeast. So that's pretty cool. And I guess in terms of beer, we are always looking to have new, new opportunities for, for more awesome beer. We love that. That's a fun part. Uh, we are, we did release actually a, like a, a sparkling water, like a, uh, kind of a citrus hop water. And that is kind of a fun new thing that we've kind of dabbled in. So that's actually non-alcoholic, sugar-free carb, no calories, kind of a, a move. So we are really excited about, about that because people are, are wanting that as well. I'm so excited to see what else Blind Man gets up to sustainability-wise, beer-wise. The hop water is so delicious. Huge plug for that. Go out and buy hop water. It's, oh, it's so refreshing. I'm so stoked about it. I ran out and I'm devastated. I have to go find more. So Hans, Kirk, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast to talk about this super innovative technology that you've implemented in your business. And I'm super stoked to see where where you guys take it. Thank you, Bree. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bree. Appreciate you having us on. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to learn more, check out the resources in the show notes. The What on Earth Can We Do podcast is a program of the Alberta Emerald Foundation, a registered charity that showcases, inspires, and empowers Alberta's environmental achievements. To learn more about the Alberta Emerald Foundation, head to our website, emeraldfoundation.ca or follow us on social media at Alberta Emerald. A big thank you to our sponsors, Capital Power, Syncrude, the Government of Alberta, the City of Edmonton, and Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation. See you next time.